This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center. Family owned and operated. A no pressure laid back atmosphere and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. This is the Ruskin and Sack Podcast, brought to you by United Roofing and Waterproofing. I'm tired of it already. I'm just, it's enough. It's enough with the uninformed speculation about what this is going to look like and who's going to do what and what, uh, just, uh. I'm exhausted. This has been the worst week of them all. The worst week of them all. Of course, this is better than a week in July, obviously. But I mean, this, this is, is what happens when you're on a two-game losing streak, and you're worried about the game coming up on Saturday. But there's just all this just gas bagging about the quarterback uh, situation, and, and nobody knows anything. We don't know a thing about any of this. But it's just on and on and on, just filling the 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 time with just nonsense. I don't know. They don't know. You don't know. Let's just call it that. Let's just say that, right? Okay. All right. Well, everybody pack up your stuff and right. go home now. Right. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, what if, uh, you know, what if one of these backups plays well? I don't know. I, I mean, there is so... Here's what here's what uh, here's what I'm looking at here with this Mississippi State game. Is over there, they fuel on disrespect. There has not been more disrespect handed out within this state towards that football team than this week. Like, this is the record breaker. I think they're going to use this and go down there and figure out a way to, to cobble together a victory. Because this is their, this is what they thrive on, Zach. They yep. thrive on being counted out. They thrive on being the underdog. And in their own state now, nobody thinks they're any good. So, I mean, it is at least if you read the internet, that's what people think. So I think that they're going to, this is the perfect spot. You have unintentionally, Razorback fans, put Sam Pittman in the perfect spot with uh, your uh, your negative comments on on the internet all week long. So I think that this is, I'm expecting a win. That's what I'm expecting. last night. Yeah? Yeah, it went from eight to nine and a half. Okay, so mm-hmm. what happened was Pittman was on the radio. Yep. And he said, and I've got the, um, he practiced a little, but I don't know what that means. That's what Pittman said. He's still got a ways to go, but he's going on the trip. He's going on the trip, and the line moved from seven to eight to nine, or seven to nine, or whatever. Nine and a half is where it's sitting. So at. Vegas doesn't think he's playing. Because if he's playing, 
this isn't a nine-point spread. It's what it opens at, which is like a three, five. four, five, yeah, somewhere five. in there. Yeah, exactly. So do they know? Because it seems like they always know out there in the desert. They got a pretty good idea. I I tend to follow what they do. I'm going to say he's not playing based on the line. That's what I'm going to say. That's he, what that's what I'm going with. Well, Derek, I don't know if you know this, but he's a game-time decision, well, that's, according to the head coach. You know, you could have said that last <laughs> night instead of this jibber-jabber about, oh, I don't know what that means. He kind of practiced. <laughs> he's really, he, he will learn from this and improve, I hope. But my Lord, this is this is frustrating, isn't it? Just say, hey, he's a game time decision. Go, he's going on the trip. That's all we need. We don't need any of this. He practiced. I don't know what that means. What? What, what, are, you, what are you saying? The head coach. Of course, you know what it means. He. Ugh. He knows. He just doesn't want to say, and that's where you are. I could also I, say that, and people would cheer if he said I, I that. I think he's in a tough spot because I think, for the most part, he wants. He doesn't want to mislead anyone. But that's the whole job. Well, that is the job. But I, th- I think he's fighting himself on that. Oh, I see. I think he's having some some inner strife. Uh, he doesn't want to mislead anyone. He like he does he likes being the jolly old elf. And in this particular uh, case, yeah. with his quarterback, he has to be a little misleading yeah. because there's a, a group down in Starkville that would really like to know if he's going to play. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I see what the line has done all week, Vegas doesn't think he's going to play. And yeah, I'm going to lean on those guys because they know more than all of us. So, also, that's what I'm going to say, if he does play, what do you do with him? How much can you do with him? Yeah, because we're talking about you know we're talking about above the shoulder, above the uh, the waist injury. Right. How much can you really do with him? An upper body injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What What do you do? Because he is at his best when he can run. Yep. And if this is what we all think it is. They're not going to run him very much. So no. what I mean, how does that um, how does that bog down the offense? They have had not a terrific vertical passing game through five games. So is it just going to magically appear Saturday morning? I mean, that's the guy's got to get open. I mean, the, the guy throwing the ball is one thing, but the receiver's got to get open. So anyway, and. You know, I, I've seen some of these. Zach has informed me on some um, social media chatter today mm-hmm. on uh, on Kendall Bryles. Um, I mean, this week, like, the quarterback's hurt. That's why if the offense struggles, there's nothing to do with the coordinator. Quarterback's hurt. This is not that hard to but figure out. This is out. what fan bases do when things aren't going particularly well. That's what well. They, this fan base does. No, 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 no. I I used to be part of one that did it as well. Everybody, when when things don't go the way you think they should, or they did in your Madden game this week, everybody should be fired. Doesn't quite work like that. And, you know, sometimes, and then when you begin to refute them with actual facts and numbers, you get shouted down. Right. If, if you start any conversation about Kendall Bryles with, I feel disqualified because I mean, he's got the 13th ranked offense in the country right now. They've struggled in the red zone granted, but they they move the ball at a, a pretty good clip. They're number four in the league in PFF. I mean, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. If this is the best league and you're middle of the upper half, that's pretty good. Pretty good. The problems this team have are not really offensive. They're the, the things they do. The worst is stopping people on third down tackling, and the secondary's bad. And one of the things with the secondary is um, they're like, they're trying to play man 
with these guys that can't cover anybody. <laughs> That's, you can't do that. Yeah, they, they're... This is not what they did the first two years under Odom, is I'm it? I'm going to be really curious to see if they go back to the kind of their DNA, the, the the blueprint that Barry Odom had for shutting down Mike Leach's offense, where, you know, you're going to rush three and you're going to drop everybody else. You're going to build that wall at eight yards yep. and make them throw over you. Uh, that's I'm, I'm going to be interested to see if they go through that because, look, Leach has had two years to look at it. Will Rogers got off to a slow start last year against Arkansas. It really heated up in the second half. They found some things. So you're going to have to disguise your coverages. You're going to have to, and Will Rogers has complete control of Mississippi State's offense. He knows what to do. You're not going to confuse him. That's you know, that's the big thing. So Arkansas has got to be really creative on defense. I don't know that man to man is going to work. You've got to play some just to break tendencies, but they're they're going to have some issues defensively. And and we're focusing on Will Rogers and the passing. They can run it, man. They got a guy named Dylan, 23. That dude is good. They'll pitch it to him. They'll flip it to him. Then they'll just straight hand it to him. They're pretty good uh, on offense. You know, defensively, they gave up some yards last week to a pedestrian A&M offense. Yeah. So there's something to be had there if you can take advantage of it. Yeah. I uh, I I just I go back to the fact that over there they thrive on being counted out and doubted and and ripped on, and that's all that pretty much. Uh, if you, if you go by the internet, and again, everybody over there is in the bubble. They're looking at screens all the time. They go by the internet. They think that's the real world. We've seen it in other sports. When you in that bubble over there at the U of A, this is what they think is real life. This is how our fan base feels. Because look, we can see it. This is what it is. It's tangible. We can read it. All week, they've been, there's been, there's been um, things spewed about them and they're going to use that because yeah. that's what they do. This is the moment that Sam Pittman, this, this is how Sam Pittman operates. This is the first time in the Pittman era, and we are in game 28. This will be game 20, 28, 29, game 29, where the pressure's on. You got to win this one. I think up till this point, no, you're not, I don't want to say, you know, it was either way. Eh. This game, you started 3-0. and You talked all summer about how good you were. It's time to start. It's time to start. You got to put an end to this streak. And I feel like this is the first time that the pressure is really on that, hey, the honeymoon might be over if you lose this one. You're 500. And as you pointed out yesterday, 0 3 in the league. Everything that you would you wanted is gone at that point. Three losses in the league with the rest of that schedule upcoming. Everything you wanted is gone. You're playing for a mid tier bowl game. You want to be playing after Christmas Day, closer to, to, to New Year's Eve. I don't think they were ever a division contender in the first place. I don't place, think they were but, either, but I do think they were but, in that 2-3 conversation at one point. No. What's happening is what we told you would occur, except 10 win boy over here. What yeah. we told you would occur, 7-8 wins, you're now realizing that's the case and you're mad about it because, once again, Ruskin and Zach... Nailed it, as usual. You know, All if right. they uh, win out, they could still get to 10 and you 2. You are correct about that, <laughs> but it's 7 is looking far more likely now. 
Do you need a reliable roofing company that you can call at a moment's notice? United Roofing and Waterproofing is the answer to your issue. Joey Vivano and his team service commercial, residential, and industrial roofs. Consultations are always free, and you can schedule them online at unitedrw.com. Call Joey at 479-312-7369. That's 312-7369. You can also check out United Roofing and Waterproofing on Facebook and Instagram. Football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup information, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports and events like Major League Baseball, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. Well, 5 o'clock Thursday, time to visit with Chuck Barrett here for the hour on Ruskin and Zach. Chuck, what's going on? Oh, just waiting to talk to you guys. Highlight of my day. He says with great sarcasm. (laughs) No, I'm entirely serious. I'm entirely serious. We don't even want to talk to each other. I'm happy to be here with you guys today. So, How are uh, you? So, have you, uh, did you hear about this KJ thing? <laughs> I've heard about yeah. that. I've heard about that. Anybody mention this to you? Yeah. yeah, maybe some question about whether he's going to play or not. Do, do people think you know all the answers? Like like the people at Oakland, they have all. They know who's going to win all the races. Do, do people think, oh, Chuck knows. He knows what's going to happen. Well, I've gotten a few texts about it today. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. And uh, I suspect I'll get a few more. As we move through the next 24 hours or so, um, yeah, it was encouraging to hear Coach Pittman on his radio show last night talk about, you know, KJ was out there yesterday, uh, was able to do some things evidently. Um, you know, it's it's still going to be obviously an evaluation situation, and he's not been cleared as far as I know. Um, you know what what Coach Pittman said last night was that, you know, if the doctors clear him, and he feels like he can play, then he'll play. If the doctors don't clear him, obviously he won't play. And even if the doctors do clear him, if he doesn't feel like he can play, they're not going to pressure him to play. So we'll just kind of have to see how it all plays out. They've been working all week with Fortin and Hornsby, and if K.J. can't play, I, I figure we'll see both those guys. Without K.J., it's it's a different offense. It's a different offensive philosophy, but it's still it's still gettable. If they, if they don't turn the football over, they don't do those recipe things that start an upset. This is not, it's not a lost cause. You're not just going down to Starkville to get the check and come home. Well, you got to avoid things like you're talking about. You can't turn the ball over. You know, if, if, if Fortin's passing or Malik's passing, I mean, you can't throw interceptions uh, and you certainly can't fumble the football because when you've got backups playing at quarterback, it's, you know, if you get through the whole game without a pick, I mean, you've got to consider yourself pretty fortunate. So you sure can't, compound that by fumbling the football putting it on the ground and you know when you've got a chance to score in the red zone you score and by score I mean get a touchdown um, and the offensive line's got to control the tempo of this thing for the you know for the offense the best the best friend either one of these guys can have is a good running game and hopefully they'll be able to do that if they can I still think they've got a chance to win this game um, if they can't run the ball they're going to get beat but uh, if they've got a chance to run, or if they're able to run the ball, I think they've still got a chance to win. Yeah, I think uh, it would be 
it would not be surprising at all to see those guys up front just take total ownership of this situation and take over. And um, you look up and you see the um, the Razorbacks end up winning the ball game. I also think they're going to win, Chuck, because it seems like everybody you talk to here doesn't think they're going to win. And every time everybody goes that one way, it seems like the other thing is what usually occurs because it's football and that's how it works. I remember two years ago, I mean, Mississippi State had just beaten LSU and nobody expected that. And You know, everybody thought that based on that, we were going to go down there and just get steamrolled. And, I mean, there was reason to think that, honestly. But, you know, to go down there and win that game, uh, in the fashion they did, I mean, they held them to 14 points that night. And I'm not saying that, you know, this is the same team. Neither team's the same. And to say that that's going to happen again, I mean, it might, but it won't have anything to do with what happened two years ago, I don't think. so. But that was a good night, and Arkansas was able to win that game. They've beaten them two years in a row. Um, you know, and, and again, I, I think if Arkansas can go down there and run the ball, I think, I think they can win this one. Yeah, running the ball is going to be uh, going to be key to the whole thing. But I mean, we're starting to see some trends. I mean, you're five games into this, you're starting to see some trends uh, develop. And their third down efficiency is not good. And if you're asking me, okay, what's the key? What what? And I hate saying keys to the game, but I mean, if, what what tops the list of things they have to do? Number one, you got to stay on the field on third downs. You got to convert, and then two, you got to get off the field. And they've got to get a whole lot better getting off the field. If you do those two things, you're going to be in the game. Well, they've been pretty good on third down conversions. They're they're from an offensive standpoint, mm-hmm. their numbers are pretty good. They weren't good against Alabama, but you know a lot of teams' third down numbers mm-hmm. aren't good against them. But but you're right on the other side. I mean, you're they're they're it, it's basically been a wash. They're converting forty three percent of the time, and they're allowing the other guys to convert forty four percent of the time. They'd been better until they got to Alabama, and you know Alabama can skew your stats in a hurry, but. You know, to me, this, uh, um, you know, from an offensive standpoint, if you're going to have a high percentage on third down, which they did until the Alabama game, it's because generally they were winning first and second mm-hmm. down because they were running the football. If you do that here, you're, you're, you're probably going to convert some. Um, defensively, though, I mean, it's, it, it's been a different story. And, um, you know, you've, you've, first off, you can't let them hit big plays on first and second down. you got to get them to third down. And, when you get there, you got to get off the field. And Mississippi State's, I mean, I'm not breaking any news. They're outstanding offensively, and uh, they score points. And I think you've got to plan on them scoring points Saturday. Yeah. You know, that, that Alabama, going back to that Alabama game, I mean, it was um, it was a total domination there. Um, but Arkansas gets the points before halftime. And then that third quarter, oh, that third quarter, what a party it was. During that third quarter, and people were really believing this is going to happen. This is going to happen, and then, you know, the fourth quarter happened, and Alabama was the was the better team there. But my gosh, what a what a party it was there in the third quarter. Well, they do have a way of running your plans. I mean, they always <laughs> yeah, they have. do. Yeah, that's um, right. <laughs> you know, the, the the thing that was frustrating was the start. Uh, you know, the fact that. You know, you got behind the eight ball and you felt like you were playing catch-up the entire way, which you were. And um, it wasn't quite to that extent last year in Tuscaloosa, but, you know, you were playing catch-up pretty much the entire night there. And, you know, Saturday, I mean, my goodness, when you're down 28 to zip, I mean, that's pretty much all you need to know. And um, what I had hoped when they got to 28-23 was that maybe, you know, maybe this thing would get into a shootout in the fourth quarter. I mean, maybe our offensive line had just – you know, broken their spirit and 
we were going to be able to score a couple more times because I knew Alabama wasn't done scoring. You just, you know, I, I'd, I'd hope maybe they could get to the fourth quarter, shoot it out, and Milrow would make a mistake. But, man, when he ran that on third and 14, that was, you know, that pretty much changed everything. Let me ask you about the two-point conversion because I've, I've had discussions about this all. I know what the card says. You know, the, you're, you're, you're down by five. The card says cut it to three. Go for two and cut it to three. My, my point in all of this has been, man, you had momentum at that point. And just, you know, just continue the momentum. It felt like when they everybody got wound up for the, for the two-point conversion, the minute that happened and they didn't get the two-point, kind of like the air came out of the stadium a little bit. You know, you, you, oh, knock I don't it, know. You, you knock it through the uprights and you just keep going. You keep the pressure on. Well, you you know, you can make an argument both ways on that. It didn't work. So, no, and, you know, and I know what the card says, and I understand the, you know, the mathematics of it. And I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I, 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 I hear what you're saying. I, I, I think part of the, you know, perhaps if they'd been playing somebody else, they might have kept yeah. there. But the thing about a team like Alabama is you don't, I mean, you don't know how many chances you're going to get. And at that point, you know, as we were talking, there was momentum. And if there's ever a time to go for two, it's when, you know, that momentum's rolling with you. And play just didn't work. And, um, you know, if it had worked, it would have been a, you know, you'd have been able to, I don't know, you'd have torn the house down probably in that place. But it didn't. And so, you know, it's it, it's something you can look back on, I'm sure. This is, uh, Chuck, we, we've talked about this. Uh, this is more of a, not, not on this specific situation, but in generic, as more and more people in football, look to the analytics. They look to, you know, what the sheet says to do in this or that situation. None of that accounts for emotion of the game. Like, that's no computer simulation ever accounts for momentum, having the crowd on your side, uh, emotion. And it's it's interesting as more and more people uh, go that way uh, in football that, um, that that stuff gets overlooked sometimes. And we've seen it affect games not just here but all across football. Oh, I still think you've got to go with your gut too. I mean, you've got to blend the two together and you've got to use the, you know, you got to use the numbers that are available to you, but you also got to understand that, you know, let's say there's a there's a 70% chance of something happening. Well, 30% of the time it does happen. And generally speaking, it's the really good teams that are pulling off those plays. And if you're a good team, you got a chance to pull off that play. If you're not a good team, you're probably going to be part of the 70%. So, I mean, you can you can take numbers and, and, and you can make them say a lot of things, and there's certainly value in them. But I also think you've got to play your gut. I think you've got to consider where you are in the game, who you're playing, momentum, like you were saying. I, I think all those things come into play. Got 28 data points in the Sam Pittman era. This is game number 29 that we're heading into. This feels through two-plus seasons, like the first game where you're like, you got to win this one. You, you have to win this one to get where you want to go. And I don't know if that's pressure or we're talking about the honeymoon being over, but I think people are getting to the point where it's like, okay, you got to win this game or things might, as you go into the break, you know, you might not be where you want to be. I mean, you could be, you could be four and two going into the break, I guess four or five and two going into the break, or you could be three and four. Yep. I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, you've got two ball games out there and both of them are big. Uh, You know, I know that people always want to determine the worth of the season this week. Yeah, and um, yeah. I mean that's just how it is. Um, last year, if you'd determine the worth of the season after the Auburn game, it'd have been, eh, you know, okay, but but you know, nothing special. And you know, then the end turned and it turned out to be something special. I think you know my my personal thought in this is I you know looked at the numbers was if you could get to that open date five and two, uh, when you look at what's coming, 
um, you know, you might win nine games. Or at the very least, you're probably going to equal what you did the year before and go to a good bowl game. This is one of those games that, you know, has turned out to be one of the pivot points. Now, is it a must game? I don't know about that. Uh, I mean, you know, if you lose this ball game and win the rest of them, you, you don't even think about this week. Um, I hear what you're saying. It's a big game. I mean, it's 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 got some pivot to it. It's just the first time the I've felt. The gonna I, go. I've, it's the first time I've felt angst uh, among among the fan base, like real, genuine, not the faux stuff you read on Twitter, but people generally going, "Man, this, we got to win this one." Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't feel that same angst. I mean, I, I, I feel an urgency to win. I mean, I okay, maybe, maybe urg- urgency is a better word. But, but you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna say let's, you know, sack the balls up if they don't win Saturday. I mean, they lost three straight last year, and I'm not saying you want to lose. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying this is not an important game. It is an important game. But I, I'm just not one of these guys. I've just seen it unfold enough down the stretch that. You know, if you're in the first weekend of October and you're talking about a must game, I, I'm I'm just not sure I'm 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 completely on board with that part. There is uh, Chuck Barrett is with us here. There is a component in it's it's only football because it's the only sport that's once a week. There's a component. I've said this for years that when you win, fans feel like they're never going to lose again, <laughs> and when they lose, they feel like they're never going to win again. And, and absolutely two two weeks in a row now with losses, people are. They feel like they're never going to win again, even though that's silly, and of course they are. I understand that, and and look, when you lose a couple of ball games in a row, and the expectation is that that's not going to happen, um, you know, people people do feel a sense of urgency. I I maintain Monday, and I still think it's this way today that it's the A and M game that sticks in people's mm-hmm. craw. Yeah. it's yeah. not the Alabama game. If you beat the A and or if you win the A and M game, you lose to Alabama. You're four and one. We got a big game. Two four and one teams, um, but it's it's the A and M game, particularly after the way Mississippi State dismantled them. Um, yeah. That's that's the game that you feel like got away. And when you compare scores, um, which you can always get in trouble doing, but I know people do. And when you compare scores, I, I understand people. And then the, you factor in KJ. Um, I understand people people feel that way now I'll say this I mean whether you feel this way is a must game or not if your starting quarterback doesn't play um I don't know how you can come out of this Sunday morning and say man that was a game they absolutely had to win um because if your starting quarterback can't play and I don't know if he will or he won't but if he can't that that certainly changes things you're way too rational and way too calm about this. I know. We- well, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I'm not ready to, you know, jump off the deep end just yet. All right, let's piss Chuck off. Uh, how many home runs are the Phillies going to hit off soft-tossing <laughs> Jose Quintana tomorrow? <laughs> I mean, six, I don't know. seven? I, I, I will Harper admit, hit I, one that lands at the airport? I know. I'm concerned about the Cardinals in this series. I will admit I am. Phillies are playing pretty well right now, but uh, – I don't know. I think the Bush Stadium, Albert Pujols, Yadier Molina, Wainwright, I think that magic's going to pull him through for a while. Not now, forever, but for a while. Now, I'm, I'm just kind of looking at the uh, the schedule here. They got some late ones. Will Albert and Yadi be able to stay up that late? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So far, they've been able to do it. I'm an angry hey, Red Sox hey, fan. My team finished hey, dead yeah, last. He, I got nothing you know, else. I mean, that's what you got to do is take the shots at the white. I got to take the shots at the team that's in the playoffs. I know. I understand. Halfway through the summer, I didn't think the Cardinals would be there either. But 
Here we are. He's been bitter all week because he loves playoff baseball <laughs> and his team is not in the party. Did they lose a hundred? Did they lose a hundred? No, games? they didn't How lose a hundred. Got really, really close. <laughs> How many got, did they lose? Um, I'd have to hang on a second. They lost. They were. Were they in the nineties? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Really? Right. Yeah, they were really, Hold really, on. really is that bad. True? Nope, the nope. Se- they were seventy-eight and eighty-four. I'm, I'm thinking. Well, of see, that's six games under five hundred. Look, it's not terrible. We have a standard in Boston. <laughs> And what standard exactly it, is that? Well, I mean, you you know, 2004, 2013. We're just here to win the series. It's the okay. series or nothing. Okay. So right. we, we were talking about this earlier. Um, now, I know you're going to be busy tomorrow. but By the way, I mean, the Nationals lost 107 games. There you Thank go. You there, there you go. Uh, would you sign up for you, Darvish, and Scherzer tomorrow night late? That's a pretty good game. It's pretty good. That's a pretty good matchup. That's a pretty good ball game, yeah. I'd have to go with uh, – I'm telling you, the Mets are just built for a uh, – for a, you know, for a playoff series, but they're not going to pitch Degrom. They're going to yeah. they're going to push Degrom back. This, and this is him, risky. Very risky. He may not pitch in the wild card round at Buck all. Buck is rolling the dice. Here. Yeah, rolling the dice. Hey, Buck's a. Uh, I think Buck's a good manager. I do too. Yeah, I do too. I, I, yeah. Well, he built you the remember, Yankees uh, before he, before they went on their run. And for Torrey, handed it to Torrey. Yep. You know, he was known as Nat Showalter when he played at Mississippi State. Buck, mm. Buck, he acquired in the minors. So when you get to the what did I learn today? Segment just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I just gave you a little bonus. Okay, right all right, yeah. all right. Yeah, <laughs> I did not know that. See, yeah, well, see, there educational. You go. There Edu- you go. Educational. Entertainment and so much more. That's guys. exactly right. The <laughs> best value in entertainment, right that's, here. That's, that's exactly right. That's great value. <laughs> all right, um, our, you can uh, text us here at eight six six two eight five four zero zero five. And we've gotten a couple texts that are kind of uh, echoing what you said, that the A&M game is kind of the uh, the the one that's bothering people because of, uh, you know, letting that thing get away. And the, although, as, as this gets lost, I think, that as poorly as they played for uh, for a good point, and, and as many breaks didn't go their way, and that they've got a, a ball in the air to win it at the end. And it just, you know, it bounced the wrong way. Well, every game's different. I mean, every game's different. You look at what A&M did last weekend against Mississippi State. I mean, they turned it over right and left. And, um, you know, when you do that, uh, Arkansas was not able to take advantage of Texas A&M's quarterback issues. At the end of the night, they just were not able to take advantage of that. Uh, Mississippi State did from the get-go. And so, um, you know, you look back on that game, and, yeah, I mean, that's – that's that's going to be a game that that sticks in people's craw, and I understand that. And sometimes when you lose a game, it takes two or three weeks, two or three wins, before people kind of come back around. And we've seen that happen before. And if Arkansas wins tomorrow and they win at Brigham Young, I'll bet everybody's back around. Oh, by yeah. the time they go to Auburn. Yeah, well, yeah. we've said it a hundred times around here. Winning's the best deodorant. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> Saturday is going to be a real. I mean, that's going to. To me, this is out in Alabama notwithstanding. I mean, this is the team that I think they're closest to talent-wise just across the board. I mean, this is going to be one of those, you know, we're going to put our hand in the dirt, we're going to play 60 minutes and see what happens type games. I don't think these teams talent-wise are separated by all that much. You know, I, th- I think Mississippi State's good. I, uh, um, I think Mike Leach has done a good job there for all his, you know, all his idiosyncrasies and all the <laughs> stupid things that he talks about. The guy knows football. And uh, I, I thought when he came into the league, just to be honest with you, that they'd be really soft. Um, and, you know, they'd be finesse and they wouldn't be able to play physical. But he's done that there. I'm, I mean, they're a, they're a legit SEC team. 
Um, you know, the winner of this ball game. You know, I'm surprised, frankly, that they lost to LSU. I was really surprised by that. But you know, the winner of this ball game still got a shot to, you know, finish in the upper half of the division. And so there's a lot on the line. And and you know, they are similar in you know in in terms of, you know, I think what people from the outside looking in, uh, you know, think of SEC football. I think they're in that lump that a lot of people put all the teams in beyond Alabama and Georgia. So, you know, there's not really been a breakout team. I mean, I know Ole Miss is 5-0, and but, you know, I'm not quite convinced yet. And I know Tennessee's really good on the other side, but you're not seeing a full-fledged breakout team yet beyond Alabama and Georgia. And, you know, one of these teams might get hot down the stretch, but they got to win tomorrow for it to really, you know, for it to all come together, I suspect. Yeah, absolutely. Do you like the 11 a.m. Oh. kicks? <laughs> I should have said Saturday. That's yes, okay. uh, I love the 11 a.m. kicks, and I'm not embarrassed to say that. Okay. I especially love it on the road because you get up, you go to the stadium, you do the game, fly home, bang, you're you're in front of the TV for the night game on ESPN. And I don't mind them at home either, and I know fans are going to disagree with me on that. But, guys, I'm old, and I've transitioned into the morning person phase of my life. <laughs> 11 a.m. is right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> That's when you're at your – that we get Pete hey, Chuck at 11 a.m.? I, uh, I am in my wheelhouse at 11 a.m., and so uh, I love it. As far as I'm concerned, they can play every game at 11. Perfectly caffeinated Absolutely. at 11 yep. a.m. Yep. Yep. And this is, uh, this is football-related, slightly off-topic here, but Giselle Bündchen's now available, and um, the uh, Bovada's put out some odds on who's, who's going to date her next. <laughs> Uh, just what are know, what what are your odds? Uh, well, well, I'm going to ask you because uh, hang on a second, because you know I've been to Florida. Um, <laughs> Bradley Cooper is plus eight hundred. Now you feel about that? Uh, you know they they make some beautiful babies. I guess. Uh, P- <laughs> Pete Davidson's plus one thousand. Now Pete Davidson. I mean, mm. if I was going to pick an early celebrity favorite, okay, I'd have to go with Pete Davidson. Uh, I Brad, mean, the guy's amazing. Brad he Pitt is. plus twelve hundred. Nah. Okay. All right. My pick, plus sixteen hundred, Leo DiCaprio. Yeah, that's now they've dated twice. Yeah. Oh, have they really? Yeah, they have. This is a very well, you've J- got some inside knowledge that yeah. I don't have. A very J Lo move to go back to the top of the order. <laughs> it could happen. I could see that. Okay. I now could see that. The question the question logical. is this. The Iron Sheik has plus one million odds. <laughs> Do you alive? have better odds? Than the Iron Sheik, I think, I think I it's do. about the same. Uh, <laughs> I, I give the Iron Sheik better odds. <laughs> I mean, okay, you know. All right, so you're you're on the Pete Davidson thing. I, I like. Does Zach uh, have better odds than the Iron Sheik? Is the question? Yeah. I don't know. Well, you know. It's not going to happen for any of us. No, we no. But it's fun to think. It's like buying it's like, a lottery yeah, ticket. Exactly. It's, it's fun to think about. Yeah. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can 
can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. RT has a text in here. It's real simple. If Arkansas doesn't keep their offense off the field, Mississippi State, with sustained drives, which has not consistently been proven they can do, Arkansas won't win. Got to get off the field. Get the defense off the field, that is. And have the offense put some stuff together. That's what it is. Okay. I just, I, I, everybody thinks they've got this figured out, and Usually, that's when no one has this thing figured out. That's what my, that's what my experience is. I, so. I, I, okay, so you know, sustained drives, blah, 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 whatever. Get off the field on third down. Win first down. Get off the field on third down. You'll win a game. It's that simple. The that, defense, I mean, that is that is football. The defense. I don't think it's sneaking under the radar anymore. Um, how bad they've been on third down. Like we look at the big plays, but mm-hmm. like generally throughout the game, like they're a hundred and something in the nation. It, third and, down and look, that's. That's that's the thing now. I mean, you're almost halfway through the season. You'll be halfway through the season after the Mississippi State game. And if you're in the hundreds in any of the defensive categories, you got a problem. Yeah. That's and third down efficiency is not one you want to be uh, you want to be near the bottom in because that means you're you're giving up third downs. You're not getting off the field. You're not getting your guys back on the field. There are a lot of things that you can point at and say, okay, these things are not happening. We talked about the wide receivers. Those guys got to get open. It's a very lauded group coming in. Hazelwood, Landers. I mean, it's time to step up. Yeah. You know, especially if KJ's not going to play, you've got to have one of these guys say, all right, I'm the guy. Who's going to catch 10 balls? Somebody's going to have to do that this weekend, or this thing is going nowhere. They're not going to be able to just continually run at Mississippi State. They got coaches and scholarships, too. They'll figure it out. You're going to have to throw it at some point. So maybe it's too early to tell this. Did they prop their feet up on so, uh, this summer and think, ah, oh, we got this no, in the shade? You don't no, think so? No. No. Okay. I, I just I think some of the players that were brought in were not were not fully developed yet. I, I you know, I we, when Jordan Dominic, um, when he uh when when he transferred in, first thing I did was look at a Jordan Dominic game from last year. I picked one that I was very familiar with against a guy who was probably gonna be a first round pick. And he got dominated in that game. You were like, okay, some of it may be schematic. Some of it may be the guys around him weren't very good. But he got pushed around by Blake Fisher. Pushed around. Had one tackle and a 55 to nothing loss. Okay. And he played He played 60-something snaps. Jordan Dominic, Dominic has played really well this year. He is developing. He's not developed. Same thing with Landon Jackson. I think I said it over the summer time and time and time again. They're going to miss John Ridgeway. And that big body in there that required a double team on every single play. Said they were going to miss Grant Morgan and Hayden Henry. Just their intuitiveness 
their ability to understand what was going on and to see things before they happened. They missed those guys. They missed Fouché and Brooks. Lost a lot of talent on that side of the ball. Offensively, having a guy like Burks, I, I mean, that, having a Burks is like having a McFadden. Comes around once every 20 years. I would like to know the reasoning why um, Brooks and Fouché entered the portal, did not return. Malik Hornsby entered the portal, returned. I would like to know the reason because right now that that figures to be a pretty important reason why you are where you are right now. Because now if you've got McLaughlin with Brooks and um, Fouché, and, Fouché and, yeah. and, 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 Slusher. and Slusher back there, you've got a hell of a secondary you, all of a sudden. And you, they're well, not here. You're, you're in better shape for they, sure. They left, and it seems like them leaving was really bad. And it seems like Malik Hornsby staying hasn't exactly worked out the way they wanted it to yet this year. That seems like a pretty important moment that, you know, you got to, it's one of those things where, you know, if this is professional football, you got to read the transactions page Mm. to be, oh, that might be important. And you go back and look, oh, it might be important. Like, I would like to know why they didn't come back and Hornsby did. That's what I would like to know. The answer could be as simple as everything that we were told about Brooks and Fouché, which is they want to go home. They're Louisiana kids. They want to go home and play their senior year in Louisiana. There may have been some things going on schematically where, you know, hey, their playing time was going to be cut. LSU had openings. They're playing. One of them's playing down there. With Hornsby, though. It seems like with this current defense that they wouldn't have missed any playing time at Arkansas this year. But Brinny had come in from Georgia. I mean, you see the Georgia transfer. I know. I get what you're saying. I absolutely understand what you're saying. With Hornsby, I think the situation was they didn't have a backup quarterback that they were real confident in at the time. You know, they had KJ, and that quarterback room had gotten really thin. And just having Hornsby there, and he was familiar with the system and all that stuff, and, hey, we're going to get – they sold him. They sold him on the idea that he was going to be involved in the offense. He played a bunch of snaps early on. He's just disappeared from the offense because there really isn't a role for him. Right. He's not a receiver. He's not your quarterback right now. There's no role for him. It should have been a seamless transition from Hornsby to KJ because they're the same type of player. Mobile, can run around. Hornsby's just struggled throwing the football. Has he thrown the football this year? I don't have to look at it. I don't think so. But what did, I mean, what did you do pra- last year? Look, if you're airmailing it in practice, they're not going to put you in in the game. I think the, I think they envisioned him as a guy that could just flip it to in the flat and let him run, and that's just not been the case. He was five out of twelve last year mm-hmm. for forty six. I think most of that came in the Pine Bluff game. You may be right about that. And that's he started the second half. What um, and he played uh, what he played substantially in the A and the A and M game last year when yeah. uh, when KJ went down. Is that what is I? Listen, I know there's there's people out there that are anxious that are that are frustrated that that they don't you know th- this eleven win dream season has has gone down the toilet and people are are trying to figure it out. Could it be? Could it be the root of your frustration? Is they told us a lot of stuff. And this is the first time they've told us stuff that didn't come true. And we're having a hard um, time reconciling the two things, right? Yeah, but you're asking, I mean, some of it is crystal balling a little bit. You're going, oh, well, we think we're going to. And okay, I mean, but, sometimes but things get blown up. You're it, right. But in the fog of war, coming off of a bowl mm, win, yeah. it all feels legit. Oh, everything's, everything's, everything's Even if it great. is crystal ball, you don't hear that part. You're, you're 10 feet tall. Yep. Absolutely. Another thing, and this was just something that was kind of whispered to me 
And I was like, ah, it's not that big a deal. But now maybe it is. There was no competition. There was an allusion to one, or there was um, there was a faux competition at quarterback. KJ was the guy from day one, and there was nobody that was even going to push him. Mm-hmm. Quarterback in the portal next year is going to be a priority. You got to get one because right now there isn't one on the on the uh, the roster that you feel really good about if KJ decides to up and leave, which is a possibility. It's not a certainty, but it is a possibility. Quarterback is now one of those positions that you really have to address in the offseason. Yeah. And I, I don't like ta- – I mean, seven games left. I don't like talking about the offseason. But somebody very quietly said, you know, KJ ain't getting pushed. There's nobody there. They're trying to create competition well, when there and, isn't. And that, like, nobody pushed this coaching staff either. So maybe some complacency. That, that's why I asked the question. Is there some Is there some foot propping up that happened – this summer, because they were the bell of the ball in Arkansas, we've seen this a million times with countless coaching staffs across all of the sports. Where when it's a, when it's a pat you on the back summer, you just exhale and you're like, oh, "We got this." People love me. I don't have to work as hard. <laughs> I don't know yet, but it's it's worth asking the question. They haven't come out unprepared. Where you okay. just look at them and you go, "They're not ready this week." I think they're I think they're limited. You know, the Fouché Brooks thing is, is huge. And we didn't give that enough attention. Nope. nope. We certainly didn't pay enough attention to how much those two guys meant. Well, because we thought uh, those other guys coming in could we, play. We also thought <laughs> Catalan was enough. That's right. And for the second straight year, you're going to be without him for the balance of the season. Yep. Again, they're they're one extended upright away from being 4-1. and one. That is true. And your perspective right would be a that. whole lot different. But they're not. The, but they're not. That's right. I, I'm just saying, I don't know that that much changes about the, the, hitting doinking one and then losing to the, Alabama. The issue isn't the isn't the upright. The issue is that of the last of the last six quarters. Well, the last six quarters. Well, of the last twelve quarters, mm-hmm. um, approximately three of them have been good. Yeah, that's the that that's the thing. Yeah. Isn't that it? Yeah, they played like crap for three quarters against Mizzou State. They um they they didn't play very well for. Yeah. Until the fourth quarter of the yep. of the A and M game, and then the third quarter of the Alabama game. Yeah. Out of the last, they're three for their last twelve. Yeah, that's why that that's problematic. That that could be a. I mean, you've and, you've and, still got a lot of young guys, so that could be an ebb and flow kind of thing. And the only experienced team, and the only reason A and M didn't blow them out because A and M played better for three quarters is because A and M stinks. A and M sucks. Yeah, <laughs> they are terrible. They're talking about if A and M was as good as Bama, that game wouldn't have been close. So the issue. One of the issues, maybe not the issue, is that we've got the last three games that we've seen. They can't hide the games from us. We're watching them. And of the last 12 quarters, three of them have been good. That's the, that's, there you go. That's it. That's the thing now. So can they play three good quarters in one game? Because if they can do that, this thing starts well, to turn around a little. I mean, they, Cincinnati's a good team. And they, that was way back. Though. I know. I mean, it's, I'm it's talking over, Mizzou State. But I, I know, but I'm, I'm saying they they put it all together against Cincinnati, mm-hmm. who is a good football team. Yep. They housed. Well, I say that they scored a bunch of points against South Carolina. South Carolina. I, South Carolina was the alarm bell that all of a sudden teams can just throw on them. Well, Rattler threw all over the did. place. They scored 30 points. Yes. And then then things got things got bumpy. Yeah. The um. You're you're right. Also, there's another part of this. When that little number 10 appears by your name, mm-hmm. it's a mind bleep if you're not ready for it. It messes with your head. 
We've seen it two years in a row now. And yes, last year was Georgia. I understand that. But the only reason they completely short-circuited, you you could definitely chalk it up to, yes, Georgia's good, but there were a lot of their mistakes early on in that Georgia game last year. The punt fiasco being one of them. Like, like they short-circuited when that little number 10 is by your name. It's a mind bleep. I'm telling you, it is. Nothing, it is here anyway. Nothing was going to change the outcome of that Georgia game last year. No, but, no, no. But, but but the Auburn game was the one for me where you went, okay, there's they're not they're not ready yet because they got physically manhandled by Auburn. Oh. Auburn just I mean they just lined up and ran right at them and that's they couldn't the do next, anything about that's it. That's the next progress milepost for me. They haven't beat Auburn in a long time. Yeah. Now you can talk about the twenty game, but it, officially in the book they didn't win. So. That's the next milepost. That's the next progress point. Beat Auburn. Mm-hmm. You know, last year we were like three. Beat the three M's, and then you're you're you've got you've got growth there. Yeah. They did. They beat them. Oh, they they beat two out of the three. They didn't beat. And they were right there at the end with Ole Miss. Look, you so, know, you know, I love data points. We're 28 data points into the Sam Pittman era, and we're 15 and 13. Huh. Better than what you had, but I think maybe we accelerated our expectations a little quicker than this this car was ready to go. Well, of course. Of course. You win nine games. You win a bowl you, game yep. on New Year's on New Day. Year's Day People against, go nuts. the traditional team. We arrived to the party early. Yeah. This is this feels like third year. You know, Saturday's a huge game. First time we, we sit down and go, this is a big game that you have to win. I don't care what the circumstances are. you got to win this game. Yeah. And you, you hate putting pressure on, on a team like that, but you better win this game. Because if not, you got BYU next week, which is no cakewalk. Then you got the bye week, and then your Ole Miss and, and, and LSU were lurking. Well, and, and Auburn. And Auburn's Auburn, lurking. You got to go down there. Yeah. I mean, so, and you haven't haven't beaten him in a while. So that's the next. To me, that's the next uh, mile marker. Is uh, what can what can they do in the Auburn? Just series? got a note here. Max Johnson, the quarterback from A and M, broke his bone. Broke a bone in his hand. Gone. Yeah. Done. Okay. Jimbo going to be fired. Yeah. Um, by the way, someone suggested on another um, national radio show. That um, hiring a hitman to deal with Jimbo is cheaper than the buyout. This escalated very quickly. And by the way, I don't think they're wrong. Um, but I will be there for Urban Meyer Day when he <laughs> arrives in College Station, Texas. A hitman. That's mm-hmm. what the caller said. Uh, Eli is uh, on the phone here in Lamar. Hello, Eli. Hey, so I know we're talking about like expectations and where we're at and all that, and everybody freaking out because we've lost some games. I resigned myself to give uh, Sam five years to figure it out because of how bad it was under Chad Morris. Is that, like, is that too much? Is that not enough? I'm, I'm not sure. Eli, I need you to stop being rational and thinking. you yeah, got to stop you're, that. You're, 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 you're a reasonable yes, fan. Yes, please stop doing that. And, um, they're, they're, I mean, it's 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 rare. It's uh, it's it's rare, but yeah, I mean that's a perfectly reasonable mm-hmm. take. I think Sam Pittman's doing a good job here. They're having some some issues right now, but I mean, yeah. but I mean it's it this is to to only the lunatics on the internet are suggesting that there's major major trouble here right now, and that's there's no that's trouble. That's why they're here. lunatics there's, on the internet. Yeah, exactly. I mean the, the the conventional thinking see ten years ago was to give a coach three full three full that means four years three full recruiting cycles. To turn the roster over right. and get his guys in, and then see where you are. And boy, we've 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 jumped the shark on that. Yeah, I 
I, I had a conversation with somebody, and they was freaking out about Barry Odom in the defense. And I said, look, you can't build a defense on the transfer, por- transfer portal. You have to build it with guys you recruit. And they haven't had enough time to recruit and develop guys. And I got told I was an idiot for that and that they should be winning. They won a bowl game last year and all this stuff. And I was like, well, I don't no. think you understand how this works. Your friends are idiots, Eli, because the last year has nothing to do with it. <laughs> nothing to do with it, but... I appreciate the phone call. See, rational people call yeah. in. Um, unrational people, um, irrational people go on the internet and complain. That's how it works. <laughs> no House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play in Pick'em Contest versus other people for a shot at winning 150000 plus in cash. Download the app, choose the contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks. Bet on up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign in now with promo code HTL at NoHouseAdvantage.com or download the app on the app stores to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy redefined. And remember to use the promo code HTL. Because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. You're listening to the Ruskin and Zach podcast brought to you by United Roofing and Waterproofing. Here to help with all your residential and commercial roofing needs. Call Joey and his team at 479-312-7369 or check them out online at unitedrw.com. Let's talk to the snake. Snake, good afternoon. I told you we needed Ani. I told you several weeks ago, Austin Ani was the backup quarterback. We needed the biggest mistake in the Sam Pittman era so far this year. So far this year, he has passed for 1,496 yards and 15 touchdowns. Jefferson, and I like Jefferson, of course, has passed for 1,096 yards. 400 more yards that he's passed for. Jefferson has nine touchdowns. Ani has 15. You're telling me he would not be good enough to be the backup quarterback, a 29-year-old that could come in in this crisis situation and settle things down. Instead, we've got to scat back at quarterback. So he, this was free. You don't understand that this was free. He was free. The Yankees, the Yankees are paying the tab. The Yankees are paying the tab. He's a 29-year-old junior this year, uh, working on his master's degree. He's going to enter a doctorate program next year at 30 as a senior, and then he's got a COVID year. Uh, what were they thinking? I don't know. He's also thrown seven interceptions and attempted 50 more passes. I'm looking at touchdowns. I'm looking at interceptions. For every 100 yards, he throws a touchdown. Wow, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good percentage. He has the same quarterback rating, 69 QBR, as Jefferson. He said he's rated the same. Now, I like Jefferson better, obviously. He's a great quarterback. But we don't have him now. But we there's don't no. Have him. But you're did saying anyone, did, did, no, did anyone ever anticipate that might happen? You did. You were all over yeah. it. <laughs> yes. And now here we are. And here, here they are. They he may not play, and now they um, 
They don't have him. They don't have a, a, a proven backup. You know, I think the snake was right on this one. He's also been sacked 11 times. Well, that's the offensive line fault. That's not his. Let's hold the ball. Yeah. The snake was right. I'll say it. Okay. He was right. Boy, they shouldn't have let they shouldn't have let Austin Ani get oh, out of here. No. And Jefferson's QBR is higher, actually. But whatever. That's immaterial. Oh, yeah. What's the North what's North Texas's record? Uh what are they? Um they didn't good. Uh my question also is does Brandon Whedon have any eligibility left? No, he's hundred and eight. Oh he is? Um, yeah, they're three and three. Okay. Hey, that's hey, not bad. He's he played one more game. I just uh, yeah, he's also played one more game. You know, one day, uh-huh. whether it's retirement or otherwise, the Sam Pittman era will end at Arkansas, and I want him to do the big sit-down feature interview with Clay Henry mm-hmm. and go. You know what, Clay? Letting Austin Ani go was the biggest regret of my <laughs> Brown here at Arkansas. Okay. That's, the, that's the biggest regret I have because <laughs> we would have been set there. We would have been set. Ah, uh, we let it, we needed an update on the fireworks. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. I know. Let's uh, go to Joe and Avoca. Hello, Joe. Hey, guys. What's hey, How you doing? We're good. What's going on? Hey, did you hear about this 84-year-old in uh, England? He was, you know, what they, he carves hedges and bushes in the shape. They call it a topiary or whatever. Okay. Like animals or stuff. Well, anyway, he carved a woman laying on a laying down in an buying position in his yard and he's been having people stop dudes after they get done at the pub stop by and visit by there and see his shrub <laughs> or his bush or whatever there's not thorns on this thing are they because i mean that could be no, i hope not there yeah. <laughs> but anyway i i think that's a message for the razorbacks this week this Saturday. It's time to quit beating around the bush and do your thing. Let's get it done, boys. Let's go. Go home. <laughs> Join the folk, everybody. <laughs> it's celebrity hour. <laughs> when Snake... I, I never do this, but earlier in the break, I tweeted out the call board that said the, the Snake and Joe Navoca. It's the dream. This is the dream segment of Arkansas Sports Radio, folks. Back to back. That's right. Ray Conniff Classics. <laughs> wow. I can't believe anyone wants to follow that. So I'm doving into some Austin Ani stuff. Yeah, what, what, tell yeah, us about Austin Yeah, they have not played a real team. Okay. They, who'd, who'd they beat? Um, hang on. Who'd they beat? Uh, they lost 48-10 to 10 to SMU. Whoops. And we know they're not good. We know they're not. They played Texas Southern. Oh, well. I mean, I mean noted defensive power. Yeah, FCS. Yeah. All right. It would be nice, though. I would feel better if Austin Ani was rolling out there instead of uh, Renfro or or, or um, Hornsby Saturday because, I mean, he's a proven commodity. He's 29 years old. He's got a kid. <laughs> I mean, he, His kids have kids. That's right. He's got a little gray in the sideburns now, Austin Ani. He's been around. You sure Brandon Whedon doesn't have any eligibility? Yeah, well, he played in the NFL. Yeah. How old is Brandon Whedon now? 31? Uh, Two? He's 38. Yeah, it was close. He will soon be 39. <laughs> 39-year-old Brandon Whedon okay. back in college. <laughs> oh, yes. Justin's in Fayetteville. Hi, Justin. Hey, guys. I, 
I wanted to call in to see if uh, Chris Winkie had any eligibility. Oh, we're going to do this. We're doing uh, old quarterback. He's got to be 60. Chris right Winkie? No, he's a quarterback's coach somewhere. Hang on. No, he's like he, he's like a quarterback guru now. Oh, yeah. No, no, he's he's working. You know, where is he? He's 50. 50 years old. Yeah, he's working. Um, oh, well. He's the <laughs> he's the quarterback's coach at Georgia Tech. Oh, well. Well, he may be available he, soon. He is available. So, yes, we might be able to get him. Cool. Well, let's just see if we can get him, and then we'll just work our way down the list. Yeah. I, I, I hate the uh, We lost it. Uh, the whole thing. Uh, the man. phone crapped out. Man, we need you to pay your bill. So close. Put another tower up, will you? We want we don't we don't want to lose Justin's yeah. call. And please put make one that looks like a tree. I love that. Isn't that great? My favorite. Yeah, I went by the one on two sixty four. Not like, close. Nobody, nobody is mistaken that for a tree because it's in the parking lot of a fire station. If you've done enough drugs, you could you would mistake. Yeah, that okay. As a tree. All right, I, I would buy that. Yeah, that's right. And it is Fayetteville, so I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> there's um, there's some uh, imbibing that has occurred. It's, 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 we're not, you know, we don't have to lie about this stuff. Come on. All right. Tendily are. You want more? Uh, sure. I got more for you. Yeah, go ahead. JW's on the phone. All right. JW. Hey, I was hey. going to try to follow the hedge guy, but I got nothing to beat that. That may be my favorite call of all time. <laughs> I got nothing. I'm sorry. I thought I could do it, but I can't. All right. There right. you go. Thanks for stopping by. I love that he called in to say you know I have what? nothing to say. You <laughs> know what? I appreciate, I appreciate the honesty. That's a little bit of self-awareness. I'm not going to beat this. Hey, guys, how you doing? I'm out. Didn't try. You could have texted that. Yeah, but you know what? You know how it goes. You get out in the middle. You know, you get up. You're like Wiley E. Coyote. You get, you run off the cliff, and you're like, oh, no. Yeah, can't beat it. Good for you. Fine self-awareness. Let's, let's recap. Yeah. Seems like a good time to recap. Okay. Snake called. Yeah. He was right about Austin on it. They shouldn't have let him go. Okay. The Yankees were paying for everything. It was easy. Okay. Joe called and said um, something about hedges and people laying down. I don't know. It, it, it was unclear. <laughs> no, it was very clear. Um, another guy called in and wanted Chris Winkie to play quarterback, mm-hmm. and JW called to say, I have nothing to say. <laughs> that is what happened in the last nine minutes here on uh, Ruskin and Zach, if you missed it. If you're just getting in the car, here's what you missed. <laughs> All right. Right. Here's a text that reads, can T.J. Hammonds play quarterback? Ah, hush. Gosh, they're going to be fine. Oh, no. Settle down, everybody. Okay, now, I don't want to poke holes in in uh, in Snake's argument, but Hutch has texted me. What's that? Ani didn't leave under Pittman. He left under Morris. Oh, uh, well, Snake, get a new argument. <laughs> so we can blame this all on Chad Morris again? Yes. All right. Yeah. We're back. <laughs> Sasquatch. It's all Chad Morris's fault. They don't have this a quarterback. is easily the best show in the state, bar none. Well, don't say that out loud. Yeah. That, it, that upsets people around yeah, here. That's right. They don't yeah. like to acknowledge us. No, no. We Not are. at all. <laughs> this podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. 
And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.